Studios of Radio Free Brooklyn and staff or management. Thank you for listening and have a dope day. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. How are all of God's blessed and highly favored people doing this morning? We are all blessed in Jesus' name, right? Blessed in Jesus' name. And I want to remind you guys to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming Radio Free Brooklyn events, you can sign up at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash newsletter. So I trust that everyone had a wonderful week. And for those of you in parts of the country that had all that severe weather, 
I pray that you all made it through safely and that everyone is okay. And may the peace of God be with you and your family in this recovery period. Because let's just face it, when life happens, you need God, who is the way maker, to bring it all back into perspective, right? Bring it all back together for us the way only he can. So here we are a week after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And today is actually an Orthodox Easter as well. So, and that's according to the Gregorian, no, according to the, yes, Gregorian calendar, they have Orthodox Easter today. We are on the Julian calendar, so that's why we had Easter last week. But that's a whole nother talk show to break up those two calendars. So I just wanted to mention that for those of you who are like, what is she talking about Easter happening today? Yes, there is Easter being celebrated today as well. Mostly in Europe, though. So let's talk about what happens now that Jesus Christ is resurrected. So now we're living in post Jesus Christ, right? And the disciples, I could imagine, were confused as all get out. Okay, like, what do we do now? It's like, okay, like if you're an athlete and you play a particular sport and you know, I know this is a bad analogy, but this is the closest one that I can think of right now. You play a particular sport. So you start your season, right? You have your pre-games. Then you have your regular season. Then you have your playoffs. And then you have your championship. And once the championship is done, then the players are like, wow. Because you've been doing all this. You've been doing all of this, playing that sport doing that activity all the time for a long period of time. So now that, okay, the championships are done and then it's over, you're like, okay, so now what happens? But unlike athletes, the athletes get to go back next year because they know, okay, the season's over, but next season we'll be right back at it again. Here with the disciples, They thought, oh my gosh, we had walked with Jesus all this time. He took us from our occupations. He taught us different things. He showed us how he taught the multitudes. He gave us certain principles to live by. Now we have all of this. He's been crucified, resurrected. Now what? But see, what they didn't realize, like athletes, they're still in the game. They still have season, they still have a season to continue. But it wasn't until Jesus told them about the Pentecost, but we're going to go into all that. That's not today's story. But just think of them as the athletes after the championship is over especially if you were the losers or you think you were the losers. So now they're just there. 
So let's look back at what Jesus told them about his leaving. We're going to start with John 14, 1 to 4. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. So he was telling them, he has started preparing them about his departure, telling them that they shouldn't be brokenhearted or sad that he was going to go because he was going to prepare a place for them. So as we jump over to John 15, 26, he says, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, and he and you will also bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. So what he was telling them there is, when he was telling them for their hearts not to be troubled and for them to not be upset and saddened by his leaving, because he was going to send some someone else. He was going to send the Holy Spirit, who also comes from the Father, like he told him, like I did, and he will testify of me. He's going to tell you of me. He's going to remind you of things that I did, things that I've told you, and you will also be able to say, yes, that's so, because you were with me from the beginning, so you saw it as well. So as we jump to John 16, 5 to 11, he says, But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go, the helper will not come to to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they did not believe in me of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Then he tells them in verse 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. So here he's telling them, he's telling them here, because he had spoke of the Holy Spirit before, that the helper that he was going to send when he goes. But he's also telling them 
that if I don't go, it's a hindrance to you. Because if I stay here, everything can't be fulfilled that I've told you was going to come because it can't happen if I'm still here with you. I have to go. I have to go back to my father, which was his rightful place. Because remember, he left his rightful place in the heavens and came down here to be the sacrifice for us, right? We talked about that. There could be no other sacrifice to connect us back to God, even though God had them in the beginning sacrificing animals. An animal could not be our sacrifice. It had to be a human. It had to be Jesus. He had to be the sacrifice to bring us back to the Father. So he's telling them, now that I'm going to do this, I have to go back because that's where I'm going to be able to do the most good. I've done good here, but I can do the most good there because I am that bridge between you and the Father. So I must return back to him. But in my leaving, in my absence, I'm still not going to leave you alone because I am sending the Holy Spirit. The Father will then allow the Holy Spirit to come and he's going to guide you into all truth. And what he's guiding you into, what he's going to remind you of are things that you're going to be able to say, yes, we know of that. Yes, we remember that. Yes, we understand that because you've been with me from the beginning. And I've told you these things. So he's only going to reinforce the things that I've already shown you, told you, and told you of. But now as you're walking through it, he's going to be that guide for you, to give you that understanding so that when things do come up, when things do arise, when it happens, he's there to bring to your remembrance, ah, yes, this is not so unfamiliar to me. I do know how to respond to this situation. Although it may be a different situation, but it's not an unfamiliar situation, you still know how to respond. And that's what the Holy Spirit will do. And he says, he's the spirit of truth and he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. So in other words, he's saying the Holy Spirit is here. And he's not speaking of himself. He's not coming down here and saying, well, this is what you should be doing. And Jesus might not have told you this. So let me remind you of this. And did he tell you about this? Because now I'm going to teach you. No. He's not speaking of his own authority. He speaks whatever he hears. So that means. God the Father, God the Son, they're speaking through the Spirit to tell you. Because he speaks of what he hears. So he's in tune with the heavens, with Jesus, with God, and then he's also here in tune with you. So it's like, it's almost like telephone, but only the message is not going to get misconstrued. That's the difference. The message is not going to get messed up when it's told. When he gets, the, when he receives what he needs to say, he tells you. And that's how we can always go back to if you're, um, 
if you say, oh, yeah, you know, I felt it in my spirit or my spirit told me or, you know, when when you have a. Some people say sixth sense. Some people look at it as a sixth sense. Oh, yeah, I knew that. But my sixth sense was telling me. If you're in Christ, you know that when you getting that message, when you get that message, it's coming from the spirit. It's the spirit talking to you, telling you what it is that you need to know or what it is you need to be aware of because he will tell you of things to come. Like when you get that inkling to not walk down a certain block or leave a little bit later or leave a little bit earlier. You don't know why, but you're like, "Mm, maybe I should go this way instead. You don't know why. Oh, sorry. I keep hitting the mic. Sorry. Excuse me. You don't know why, but it's just, it's the spirit telling you, no, don't go that way today. Or no, don't do that. It's the spirit telling you to guide you in, it's protecting you from things to come. He's telling you of things that are going to come. And it's also to protect you as well. And he says, he will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So. Everything the spirit tells us is always to give glory back to Jesus. It's always just to reinforce, to solidify what Jesus had already put upon the earth, the teachings that he had already given to the disciples and to the people, the multitude of people that he spoke to. It's just to glorify, yes, this is what he would, this is what he did. This is what he was supposed to do. And I'm just here to reinforce everything that he said to you. Because he says, all things that the father has are mine. That's what Jesus is saying to to them. He was telling them everything that the father has is mine. So if you belong to the father, you belong to me. So he was telling his disciples, the disciples, you know, don't worry don't worry, you're not going to be here by yourself. Although you, I'm not going to be physically walking with you, I'm still going to be talking with you. I will still be in communication with you. And he also had told them that the world was going to get a lot worse without him being here. And he warned them of all the things to come until he returned again. Because remember, he told them he was going to prepare a place and then he was coming back for them. So he also warned them of the things that was going to be taking place while he wasn't present with them. And that we find in Matthew 24, 3 to 14. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when all these things be. And what will be the sign of your coming? And the end of all age. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet, for nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, 
and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. So let's just break this little part up before we even continue, because this is, has so much meat in there. He's telling them, don't be deceived by those that come and say that I'm the Christ. And we know that back in the 70s, in the 60s, in the 70s, there were a lot of people that had these cults going on. And they were saying that they were the Christ and they were the only connection to heaven. And you could look back if you just Google cults in America, that they had all these people that were leading all these people to their deaths, telling them that they were the Christ. And God was telling them, had they just read the, had they just read their Bible, had they just read their Bible, he told them that many are going to come and deceive you and you're going to hear wars and rumors of wars. We hear of wars. We know there's one taking place right now. We're hearing of rumors of wars with Korea building extra missiles, China trying to get Taiwan. So yes, these things are happening, but he's saying to us, see that you're not troubled because all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nations will rise against nations. We see that happening. Kingdoms against kingdoms. We see famine. We've seen famine, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places, some places that had never been rocked before. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then he says from nine, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So here he's telling them, he's telling them that when you hear of people coming as Christ wanting to deceive you, the wars and the rumors of wars, nations rising up against nations. That's just the beginning of the sorrows. And we're looking like, oh my gosh, look at all this happening. Russia is invading Ukraine. They keep you know, bombarding them with bombs and this and that. That's, this is just the beginning of the sorrows. You still have to come, which you, you we've been starting to hear a lot of, we've been starting to hear more of it. Christians being persecuted, right? You will be delivered up to tribulation. They will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. When you mention Jesus to some people, they want to, they don't want to hear it. Right now you're seeing that. They don't want to hear it. Many will be offended. You say Jesus Christ, oh, I'm, or, oh my God, or anything about Christ. They are offended. And they will, he's saying that they will betray one another and they will hate one another. 
And then there will be false prophets that will rise up and deceive many. And because of lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold. And we see that happening a lot today. We've become so jaded with the school shootings, all the mass shootings that we have going on. It's like it it affects us, but we talk about it and it doesn't it doesn't affect us. It affects no don't get me wrong. It affects us. Every time we hear of another shooting, whether it be mass shooting or just one-on-one shooting or someone getting killed or something happening horrible to some people. It affects us. Yes, our heart is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. And we'll say again. But it doesn't have the same feeling and effect on us as when it first ever came into our psyche. When it first happened, we were all like, how could that be? How could that happen? Who did that? Who allowed that to happen? What can we do so it doesn't happen again? Now, we're just, what can we do so that doesn't happen again? What are we doing? Why does this keep happening over and over again? So we've become so numb to all the lawlessness that's going on and that our love is growing cold. It's like, it's almost like as if we don't believe that we could ever make it right. That's what some of us are believing. It's almost like, is it even possible for us to make it right? But he tells us, he who endures to the end shall be saved, meaning we should never give up hope. We should never stop having faith that things can turn around. But it's not going to turn around unless we as Christians turn it around. Because the next line that he gives them says, and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. So if we know that God brings about change, if we know that Christ talked about the changes that he did, we would do greater. The only way change is going to come is the more people that know about the gospel. So that's why we're supposed to spread the word so that people understand what God is looking for, so that they understand what Christ died for, and they understand the power and purpose that we have here is to preach the gospel and witness it to all the nations. That's the only way minds are going to be renewed. And then he says, and then the end will come. When everyone knows, when everyone has had that opportunity to make that choice, whether they want to follow or not, then the end will come. But not until we've spoken the gospel to all. So that's where that whole mandate of us going out and spreading the gospel. It's not just to get people saved to go back to to God. Yes, that's the number one purpose of it. You want them to have that connection back to God, but it's also so that we can know how to treat one another better. Because once you know the teachings, once you understand everything that's happening, then you could have a clearer perspective of how to proceed. You can't make a sound decision if you don't know all the facts. 
And right now, everything that's happening, a lot of people don't know the facts. They know what they think are the facts. They know what they think the story is. So they're running with a story that they think is the story, but it's really not. And it comes up because the false prophets are telling stories. There are those who are claiming to be, but really aren't. So you got to be careful that you're not deceived. You have to be careful that you don't fall into the trap and read the word. And that's why, once again, I always reiterate, you have to have it written on your heart. You have to know it within, within your spirit. So then the spirit can relate to you what you've read and remind you of how things really should be. And with that, we're going to take a music break. You've been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like.
be honest, I don't know. This time I don't have the answers. I'm just out here trusting God. Sing, Monica. Why would I think that I can't handle this alone? When so many things in my life were going wrong. People I loved made promises they didn't keep. It wasn't the first time. I should have known better. Yeah. I tried to do better. There was no one to blame but me. For the times that my faith wasn't there. But you were. But you were and you told me you cared. And the lies that I did it feel safe. And this pain that I cannot explain. So I'm doing it. So I'm just out here trusting God. When I don't understand your plan for me. And I'm just out here believing every word you promised me. Yes. And Seems out of control. Be still and know that God is in control. control. It doesn't make sense. Be still and my God. You might have to cry.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm going to tell you our music selections. Of course, we started out top of the hour with Making Changes by Grace. When in the Unknown by Grace Tenna. Refuge Psalm 91 by Zoe Music. And then we just heard Trusting God by James Fortune and Monica. So now we are in the part of the show that I call Op-Ed. And in Op-Ed, we're going to talk about how all this that Jesus told them, how we're seeing it playing out today in our lives. So before we went to the music break, I had told you we were talking about Matthew 24. And I was reading the verses and he was saying how all these things were going to take place before he came back. And the lawlessness and hearts growing cold and the fact that we have to spread the gospel has to be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then only then after that has taken place, will he return? But Paul also reminded Timothy when Paul knew that his time was growing short as well. He was reminding Timothy of what he had to continue to do in order for Christ to return. All these things that he was warning Timothy of, like, don't give up the faith, and this is what's going to happen. You're going to see these things. And we pick it up from 2 Timothy 2, chapter 3. And I'm starting from verse 1, and I'm reading to verse 9. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith but they will progress no further for their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also was. Wow. That right there was a mouthful. If Paul wasn't breaking it down to Timothy, 
I don't know what else he could have told him. But we're going to continue because then I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back to that. Because he then tells him in verse 14, but you must continue in these things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from when, from knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop there for now because we're going to go back. I want to go back to what he first started out with in verse one. He tells them that the last days are going to be perilous times, that perilous times are coming. Men will be lovers of themselves, of money, boasters, brag, uh, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. We're seeing all this. We're seeing all this. All this is prevalent right now today. Lovers of money. People who walk around proud. People who walk about, walk around talking about what they've done, who they've helped, who they are, and why people should look up to them. We see children being disobedient to parents. Unthankful. People are unthankful, unholy unloving, unforgiving. You do something to one person, it's to the point where now tensions are so escalated. You do something, they want to kill you for something you've done to them. Slanderers, without self-control, people just fighting for no reason. Brutal, despisers of good. Anything you try to do good, people want to slap it down. Traitors, you can't, who can you trust? Headstrong. Who can you talk to and try to change their mind? They're not trying to hear you. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Everybody wants to turn up. That's all you hear. People turning up. People wanting to get high. Cannabis, the legalization of marijuana. People just want to just escape everything. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Yeah, I believe in God. Yeah, I grew up in the church. But as soon as you tell them if they have a problem, well, you know, girl, you should pray. Pray. That ain't going to help. I'm the, I need to go over here and talk to so-and-so because they could help me get. Mm. And he tells him from such people, turn away. Turn away. Always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Always learning something. Always could tell you what the latest and greatest thing is. But could you tell me what the truth is? No, they can't. But he says to him, continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. He's talking to us as well. Even though we might encounter all those things that he was telling Timothy that was going to take place. Yeah, we encounter that every day in one form or another. We encounter it every day, sometimes in multiple forms. Sometimes we could have two, three, four, five of them happening at one time in the workplace. But he's telling us, 
continuing the things that we've learned, regardless of what we see, regardless of what people are saying, regardless of the fact that people want to act a certain way, continue in what we've learned, what we've learned how to treat one one another, what we've learned of how to carry ourselves. Right? Because it's going to make us wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Because we know we have a Savior that died for our sins. And we know that when he was here, he taught us not to act in that manner. Because that's the way of the world. All those things that he named off to Timothy, Timothy, it's the way of the world. And we're not supposed to live as the world lives. And we know that the world lives that way because Lucifer was cast out of heaven. Jesus said he saw him fall like a streak of lightning to the earth. So once he got down here, all he was going to do was create havoc for everything down here. So that's why us being here, we have to hold on to what the truth is. Because everything else that Satan is throwing at us, we know is not the truth, but he will do anything to try to deceive. He will use anyone who will allow him to, to try to deceive and manipulate and destroy. But in verse 16, Paul reminds Timothy that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And I'm going to read that in the Amplified so we can really break it down and understand it. All scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration, and is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately, behaving honorable with personal integrity and moral courage so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, outfitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. When we read the word and we write it upon our heart, it helps us. To stay in obedience. We learn how to live both publicly and privately as God has taught us to live. Behaving honorably with integrity and moral courage. Meaning when we see something wrong, speak out about it. Not bash them over the head, but don't stand there and say, oh, well, that's just what they do and let it go. And it's because with thoroughly equipped for ev- to do every good work, meaning spread the gospel into the nations. Let people know this is the real way. Don't believe what you're hearing in the news. Don't believe what you're seeing because this world is not going to teach you the truth. This world is going to keep you from the truth by all means possible. That's why it's so important that we spread the gospel. It's so important that we know it for ourselves so that we can walk it and live it. That ends op-ed. Our word of the month 
fastidious, very attentive to and concerned with accuracy and detail, concerned about accuracy and detail. See, everything that we just talked about, we're supposed to be paying attention to everything that is accurate, everything that is making sure that we're getting out the truth, making sure that we're getting out the right information, paying close attention to that. Because there are ones out there deceiving. There are ones out there spreading lies. There are ones out there trying to manipulate others so that they don't know the truth. Our promise today is going to come from It's going to come from our scriptures that we had today because these scriptures are a promise that we need to hold on to. It's going to come from John 14, 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. That's our promise for the week. With that, I say I want everyone to have a blessed Sunday. I want everyone to enjoy the rest of their week. Remember the teachings that we just talked about and everything that we discussed. It is so important. Read your word. That's the only way you're going to know what the truth is and how to talk about it. How could you speak truth if you don't know truth for yourself? Seriously. If you don't know truth for yourself, how could you give it to someone else? And that's what Jesus is really talking about. When he said that there will be there those out there deceiving, you can't believe everything that you hear. You have to know it for yourself. So even when it's tweaked, you know, mm, that's not exactly what he said. Well, that's not exactly what he meant when he said that. Because we know there will be people out there that can take the scripture and manipulate it to fit what they want it to fit into, manipulate it so that it fits what they want it to cover. But we want to know it and we want to tell it the way God wanted it to fit, the way God originally intended for it to fit, not the way we want to manipulate it to fit so that it makes us feel more comfortable. Because, yes, sometimes when you tell truth, it is going to make people uncomfortable. Truth always makes people uncomfortable, but it only makes you uncomfortable for a short time if you're willing to change, if you're willing to recognize that the truth that's given to you is truth, then you might be uncomfortable when you first hear it, but then you're like, okay, yeah. But if it makes you uncomfortable all the time, that's because you just want to be set in your ways and stay a certain way. And with that, We do have free will and free choice, but we all know what comes from that, right? We all know what comes from that, staying set in your ways. So with that, I'm going to leave you guys with Put It On God by Limo Blaze. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Until God brings us again together, peace. Cause I know Olua is involved In no matter the challenges where I face I know they shake 